Hello, everybody. Anton Crayley here, and welcome back to the e-commerce lifestyle podcast. This is our bi-weekly show, new episodes every single Monday and Thursday, all designed to help e-commerce store owners to increase their revenue, automate their operations, and become the authority in their niche. If you're not subscribed, go to your podcast player of choice, search for e-commerce lifestyle, look for my face, click subscribe, and you'll get notified every time a new episode goes live. So in today's episode, what we're going to be talking about is how to create your return policy. Now, this is going to be more for the people that follow what I teach over at dropshiplifestyle.com and are in the business of selling for multiple suppliers, specifically dropshipping their products, and specifically selling high-ticket products. Because really, when it comes to people, meaning customers, making buying decisions online, once they decide they can trust a store, meaning they're willing to buy from you and they don't think your business is a scam, the next question they're going to have is, well, what happens if I buy this thing and it's not what I thought it was, or it doesn't match my expectations, or it doesn't fit where I thought it was going to go, whatever it may be, the thing that comes into their head is, what do I need to do and what can I do if I need to return this? And this is especially true, again, because we drop ship high ticket products. We sell very expensive products. So it's always going to cross the mind of the person before they purchase. So first of all, you know, I've talked about this before, but it should be very clear that it's important that your return policy is very easy to find. So we're not going to get into that in detail in this episode. But just so you know, on all of our stores, we used tabbed product pages where people can look at a tab and see a product description and they can look at a tab and they can see the shipping information and they can look at a tab and they can see the returns policy. So it's important, in my opinion, to have it on the product page. And then also in the footer menus of us, we link to the actual return policy, the store-wide return policy. And this is where it gets a little different than what you might see on a store that stocks their own inventory. Because let's just say you had your own warehouse and everything in there was your own products. You can just make a blanket return policy that applies for everything on your store because the process can always be the same because the products would always go back to the same place. Your expenses would be the same no matter what it was. If you had your own warehouse, you could just easily have one blanket return policy, no questions asked. Well, when it comes to dropshipping, you're going to be working with multiple different suppliers, and each of these suppliers is going to have their own way for how they handle returns. Uh, let's just say you have a store you're launching and you find 20 different brands to sell for. When you're filling out the paperwork, you're going to see 20 different return policies. So what does that mean for you? Should you have 20 different return policy pages on your store? Well, in my opinion, no, definitely not. You still want your one blanket return policy. And what we do and what I would recommend you do is try to create a policy that can serve as a catch-all for the majority of the brands you sell for. So again, let's say you find 20 different brands you sell for. If you can find terms for your own policy, for example, how long people have to return items, whether or not there is a restocking fee, what they should do once they decide they want to return the product, meaning how they should contact you, then that should be your store's return policy. And in that scenario, it would be applicable to 75% of your suppliers or 15 out of the 20. Now that's always the best way to do things. And the more brands that you could fit into your one blanket return policy, the better. 
But with that being said, like I just mentioned, there's always going to be those outliers, those brands that have different return policies. Maybe their return window is longer. So maybe your catch-all return policy is 30 days. Maybe one brand tells you, hey, our return policy is 90 days. Well, that's awesome. And if that's the case, you want yours to be 90 days too because you want your customers to know and see that as a benefit for that specific brand. Another situation you might find yourself in is one of your suppliers might say, yeah, you can return items to us, but there is a restocking fee of whatever the amount of money is. And if it's something that is costly, and if you really do think you're going to get returns from that supplier's products, then you would want to add that on to your store as well. Other things that can come up would be, and this is common, this would most likely be in your catch-all return policy, but that would be that the customer pays the return shipping costs. You would want that listed there as well. But the question becomes, let's just say you have 75% of your brands that fit into your main store's return policy. What do you do with the others? So the way we do this is, going back to the beginning of this episode, on the tabbed product pages, for the brands that have the different return policies, they have their own store's return policy on those product pages. So let's just say supplier number 20 does not accept returns. Those products are not eligible for returns. Well, in the returns tab on supplier 20's product pages on our store, it would say this item is not eligible for returns. All sales are final. So that's how we break it up basically by product page by product page by putting the return policy that applies to the specific supplier's products on the actual product pages. Now with that being said, as you probably know, when it comes to getting a Google Merchant Center account approved or a Google Ads account approved, you still need to have a return policy page on your store. So what do you do with that to make it clear to your potential customers that you have different return policies for different brands? Well, simple as possible, we have a link in our footer menus that says return policy. The website visitor clicks it. They go to the page that has our default return policy. Now under that, it says some exclusions apply, and then we'll show the specific return policy for those specific brands. So maybe under the main return policy, it says return policy for supplier 16. Please note that supplier 16 uh, products are eligible for returns up to 90 days. And then maybe for, again, supplier 20, it says, please note there are no returns for supplier 20. All uh, sales are final, right? Whatever you have to do. But the key thing to note here when creating this return policy is to not leave any questions in the potential customer's heads or not cause any confusion, whether intentional or not, a way that confusion could be caused is if you did have different return policies for different products on your store and there was no easy way for the customer to find that out. So you do want to be crystal clear. Again, that's why I recommend putting this information embedded with tabbed product pages on every product page on your store so the customer doesn't even have to click away, but then also making it clear on your general return policy page. So 
might seem like a, a little much, but basically what the return policy page is, it's another terms of service page. It's where the people that are ready and willing to buy simply want to know how things work before they place their order. And if you can make things as clear as possible up front before they take out their credit card and buy, it's gonna save you a lot of trouble in the future. So I hope that is helpful, guys. I know we had questions come up on a recent coaching call I hosted for members a dropship lifestyle and they weren't sure if even if they have suppliers that say, you know, we don't accept returns, that they should still accept returns. And the the short answer is no. <laughs> we really try to mimic our suppliers' returns policies as closely as possible. So as always, I hope you got value from this episode. If you did, be sure to subscribe to the podcast. Also, if you continue to get value, I would really appreciate it if you can leave us a review over on Apple Podcasts. I'll link that up in this podcast description. And with that being said, I will be back on Monday for the next episode of the e-commerce lifestyle podcast. See you soon.